What is up, my friends? Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where I interview incredible fathers, gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos, currently ages 9 to 16, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on her 18th year of marriage. So yep, I'm in the thick of it, the adventure of fatherhood, and I'm working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fathers know who they are as they show up for their families. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace our fatherhood role. I believe the role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, and have fun in the messiness of it all. I'm so excited to introduce and share today's guest, Ronnie Renner. 16 X Games medals. This guy is not only a total badass on a motorcycle, but he is an engaged and badass father. There are two big takeaways for me that Ronnie shared. The first is to not be afraid to say no to your kids. We really dig into that. And then the second is to allow your kids to see you and know you. If they watch you grow, they will live a life of growth. Before we get into this, my friends, I want to share some incredibly exciting news. I have created a children's book to help fathers see who they are and connect them to their sons. I think we can all agree the world is in desperate need of fathers who show up for their sons and show them the way. I need your help though. I need your help to bring this to life. The book is done and I have a Kickstarter up right now where you can go pre-order the book and get some rad rewards for doing so. The story is about a father and his son going on adventures on a motorcycle with a sidecar. You can go to adventureoffatherhood.com to learn more. What an honor truly to have Ronnie Renner on the podcast today. Enjoy hearing his passion for his role as a father. All right, welcome to Fatherhood Field Notes. Very stoked for you to meet today's guest. I have loved watching the X Games since it started in 1995, and today's guest has competed in 19 and has 16 X Games medals. I have loved watching him ride over the years, and I would love to welcome Ronnie Renner to the podcast. Ronnie, thanks for being here. Uh, Thanks, Ned. It's awesome. Uh, I'm really appreciative of the opportunity for sure. Yeah, man. What's so cool is, you know, we're just talking before we we hit record. You're in Florida. I'm in Hawaii. We're on opposite ends of the country. Um, and one thing that we both really connect on is fatherhood. And, you know, sometimes I don't like to even ask people what they do. It's almost like what men do to size each other up is like you meet some guy and you're like, ah, oh, what do you do? Um, and so it's kind of like this little measuring stick. But at the end of the day, as dads, it doesn't matter what we do we all have the same struggles as a father um, and the same stories. It's a big adventure. So I'm looking forward to jumping into this conversation with you. Yeah, me too. I'm sure we could go down a pretty deep deep rabbit hole if we let ourselves. (laughs) Fatherhood topic's a deep one. And especially when you mix it with your own livelihood and work and all that stuff, it's, it's everything, right? It matters deeply. It matters deeply. So I'm going to ask a couple of questions just to get us, get us rolling here. How old do you find yourself today? Ooh, 44, creeping on 45. Uh, Love it. A month away, baby. So Love it. And yeah. then how many years you've been married? Well, um, I was married for about six years and that started going down the wrong direction. And uh, we'll, we'll rephrase that, not to throw a railroad at you, but... Um, 
been in the process of a divorce now for three and a half years. <laughs> I see. I'm trying to laugh about it because it is what it is. But uh, I saw as soon as I mentioned it, your face was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's very unfortunate. I mean, I think there's an epidemic in the world with the divorce, the D word, we'll call it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's a bummer, but life goes on regardless. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll get into that more. And how many kiddos do you have? I have four kids total. Uh, one from a or two from the previous relationship, and now two from the one where I'm in a divorce. Um, they span all the way from ten years old to twenty two. So I got a ten year old son named Jet. I got a twelve and a half year old daughter, Chloe, my only daughter. I don't know if I could handle another one. She's gnarly. <laughs> and then uh, my son Josh is nineteen, and my son Nate just turned twenty two. So love it. Love I've it. So the full spread, spread full spread right yeah. now, but nobody in diapers. So we're at least, we're at least good there. Um, That's just me. <laughs> when you think about the role of the father, what comes to mind? Just responsibility. I mean, responsibility is one of the most important words in our language. It's mm-hmm. one of the keys to our existence. And it really just makes sense to me. To, to be a dad and have that extra responsibility besides taking care of yourself to not only take care of a family and your children, but the responsibility of showing them the right path to take. It's, it's big, man. That's huge. You know, if we just sat as fathers on that one word of I'm responsible for this, uh, that could really help us step up to the plate and probably take more action in engaging with our children if we realized, you know, this is my responsibility. And I think in our world, you know, the whole reason I do this podcast and am passionate about fatherhood isn't because I have it figured out, but it's because I truly believe the world would look and feel different if more men took responsibility for their children and, and cared for them and loved and served them. Um, yeah, totally. Uh, it matters more. Uh, as I've thought about doing this, you know, it's, it's, awesome because it's thought provoking. It gets in my head a little more than you normally would. And I'd like to say I'm very self-aware with it all, but we have our moments where get distracted. I mean, we live in the age of the ultimate distractions and oversaturated media and it's, it's out of control for sure. Um, but it lets me take a step back and say, yeah, man, it's one of those things where you cannot slip. If you slip, you can take yourself back 20 steps. You Mm -hmm. know, um, if you're conscious, in the moment with your eyes on the prize of being a good parent, man, you can do so much with that alone. Um, I've not mastered it by any means, um, but it's something I work on daily, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you want to always improve your character daily. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you're improving your character and your parenting, it really comes down to just staying focused and being conscious in the moment. Yeah. Some words you use that I think are really powerful is conscious, right? So being present, being conscious of, of your role, um, which is maybe a deeper way of talking about responsibility and then being self-aware. Um, and it's really easy to just slip into kind of a passive, you know, coasting life as a dude. Um, and so to, to use those words and to say that it needs to happen daily uh, is great. And you also said, you know, you don't have it mastered. And that's why I love thinking about fatherhood as a craft, because just like moto, right? It always progression. There's always progression. There's always more you could go for. And it doesn't mean today's not valuable and important, but we're continuing to grow. No, you're going to make mistakes. You're, you're going to naturally make wrong decisions and 
the <laughs> it's heavy, man. And to yeah, compare it yeah. to a sport, I'll, I'll bring up my sport. You know, I, I've 20 year career plus in a dynamic sport, basically growing up on dirt bikes, which is a very blessed way to grow up. If yeah, even yeah. if I was lower middle class, if my parents had enough money to get me to the motor motorcycle track and own a dirt bike, we were probably doing halfway decent. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, and it's, it goes back to my father. We'll probably cross touch base on that later, but, um, it's, it's, it's a sport where the highs are very high and the lows can be very low. It takes a lot of dedication, takes a lot of focus. You get distracted. Um, and the wild thing is, you know, I said, my oldest son's 22 years old. I've been a dad since really my career started kicking. Um, I was racing dirt bikes before he came along. Um, traveled around a bit as like a privateer motorcycle rider, not much money trying to figure things out. You know, I kind of made a decision after high school that dirt bikes was going to be the way that I went, um, Mm -hmm. didn't go to college Said, all right, I think I have something for this and I'm going to go for it. And it wasn't until I had my first son that the freestyle motocross thing came along and I actually started to excel and started to make what I looking back was an actual career, Mm -hmm. not just barely pulling it to the motorcycle track and, working 40 hours a week at a at Coca-Cola or whatever I did in the past, you know, um, I actually had a career riding dirt bikes and I'm, I'm personally grateful for it. I think being that I have always been stoked to be a dad and appreciated being a dad, it was always that extra little, you know, they say you got dad power, you know, it don't matter if you're fighting, I'm not a fighter, but I'm saying if you have to stand up for yourself, somebody be like, Oh, I'm not messing with you. You got dad power. That's right. And there's a truth to that. And that, that same feeling always motivated me for my competitions and things like that. Like I knew I had little eyes on me that were Mm. very near and dear. Um, I knew that I needed to perform well. I need to provide, there's a lot of facets that came with that responsibility, but um, it's a dynamic sport that has a lot of distraction in its own. There's parties, there's after parties, there's obligated things you got to go to that probably aren't the best for a family dynamic. If we're Mm -hmm. being honest, um, gold digging girls around (laughs) like they're usually pretty attractive like they're it's a gnarly scene man and um i'm not gonna say that i handle myself perfectly through through all the years of it either it's been a wild ride um but i guess when it's all said and done done and dusted i got that same kid that was there when i started is 22 years old and he's one of my best friends now and one of my favorite people on earth so uh it's that's pretty incredible to know that I didn't totally blow it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, your kid learned from, from all that, right. That's just like his story and your story. And the fact that now 22 and you guys are tight and hang out and do things together. I think that's what any dad wants. You know, sometimes we get stuck on, Oh, I only have 18 years, but depending on how you invest in that relationship, you have a lot longer than that. Um, which, which I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about. Um, when you think about becoming a father and, and the different stages you've been, what has been a good resource to you in your fatherhood role? Well, I mean, I think the easiest answer is personal experience with my own parents. Mm-hmm. You know, I came from a divorced family where my mom and dad split at five years old. And my dad's kind of that generation of kind of old school, pretty thick headed. Um, you know, I, could carry on about all that, like the generation I grew up in at my age and everything. I think there's something special about growing up in the eighties and the nineties and yeah, no doubt 
all of that ties into our parenting. You know, I take it generational where my, like I said, my dad was kind of that born in the fifties. His parents were the generation just, they went to work. They worked their butts off. Didn't have much money. He came from 12. Uh, he's the 11th of 12 siblings. Dang, so that's big. Family. Yeah. He was kind of raised by his sisters and brothers and they didn't weren't very spoiled. You know what I mean? They, were very appreciative of the little things and he had mm-hmm. to be pretty self-made and get into dirt bikes and stuff like that on his own when he was like 18, 19 years old. It wasn't like me that had me a dirt bike at four or five years old. Right. So he was that first generation and it could have to do with the economy and, and, you know, America doing well. Um, there's probably a lot of attributes to that, but I was that generation where parents started doing a lot more for their kids and then I'll fast forward to the new generation where parents, I feel, are doing too much for their kids. Mm, yeah, so agreed. I was in that free range parenting zone, you know, like I, it's kind of like a Goldilocks zone, if you ask me, where my dad gave me the resources, but he also let me go out in the woods. He'd like give me a hammer and nails and I could go build a tree fort. And now that doesn't really happen. Your parents are afraid their kids are going to get kidnapped or fall out of the tree <sighs> yeah. or break. Um, you got to be really intentional about that if you want to make that happen now. And I know you're doing that for your kids uh, out out there in Florida. It seems giving them a lot I of freedom try, to be in the know, dirt. I catch myself all the time where, because of perks that I've had with my career, I've handed them things a little bit too easily. Mm. I instantly see that it's it's not doing them any favors. As much as I want to go like shred with them, yeah, and it's it's could be unfortunate. I mean, I don't know how you look at it, but it's great. I can hand them a $3,000 mountain bike and, or buy them a dirt bike or get them a dirt bike from a sponsor. Man, they just, I can honestly say they don't appreciate it. Like I would have when I was a kid, right. you know what I mean? When I got a dirt bike, when I was a kid, I would jump on that thing and ride it until the gas tank was empty. Yeah. Now kids are crazy distracted with, I, I have an analogy that with the radio, um, I didn't even ask you, how, how old are you? I am 38, 38. So you're not, you're not far behind me, but it's, I think a similar concept back when you wanted to hear a song, when you were a, let's say eight year old kid or whatever, you had to wait for it to come on the radio. We were just talking about this the other day. And then you could, you, we were talking about how we used to take a tape and we'd wait for the song to come on and then record it so that we can yeah. hear, hear it again. You had to like get those buttons on the tape <laughs> yeah. just right to record. And then sometimes the DJ would interrupt and blow the whole song. Like, <laughs> man, it was little things like that that just made you appreciate right. something as simple as a song. Um, and and you, it wasn't instant gratification. Now, yeah. my kids are over there and it's it's a double-edged sword, right? Like, my kids know more about music than I ever, ever knew. I knew what I was influenced by with friends, maybe motocross movies, things mm-hmm. like that. But now kids know all about everything because at the touch of the button they can put a song in and we had to sit there and fight for it just to hear it one time and it but if you heard it on the radio so i i think there's something symbolic in that i haven't really dialed it in and i won't go too into deep on thought on it but it does just shows me the instant gratification now and um where i was going with that is kids can i have a dirt bike track right here in my backyard Mm -hmm. Uh, you can drive razors, dirt bikes. My kids have all the tools. I have mountain bike trails that we've cut in. As soon as it starts raining or it's too hot, I notice the kids are inside. It's like, 
maybe comfort, the word comfort comes to mind where I think that that's yes. a, somewhat of a negative because I actually have a list beside me that I want to make sure there's words I touch on. Comfort's one of them. Mm. And if balance is something I've, I've strived for very much in life, um, right next to comfort, I have the word grit. Um, grit is something I want to instill in my kids. Yeah. I don't think I'm probably, I'm probably not the grittiest human being on earth, but I have a more grit than a lot of kids coming up. And I would like to make sure my kids have some grit. What does so, grit mean to you? Yeah. Just your ability to sweat, your ability to not get what you want when you want it. Um, hell man, I, I throw my little ones under the bus a little bit. And it's something that I, it's in comparison to how I grew up. And I'm not trying to put on this front that I'm some tough guy or anything. I can just tell you if I would be out, I didn't carry a water bottle with me or anything. And I lived in Florida, so it's not like it was ever freezing cold. Well, I'm sure we have our cold days, but you know what I mean? It was usually yeah, totally. hot more than it's cold. I would be gone for hours at a time. Whenever I just had to be back at dark. Right. I don't recall bringing a bottle of water or anything. I can take my little ones out on the mountain bike trail and we're not a mile down the trail. Ah, oh, I need water. I need water. <laughs> I need a snack. <laughs> and I'm out there. Theoretically, the old guy sweating my butt off probably more than they are mm -hmm. and putting in more effort. Like, yeah, well, there's no water right now. We didn't bring any and that's how it is. So let's, I think kids nowadays would rather throw in the towel just to go back and get that water to satisfy their instant needs. So the grit is definitely slipping away. Yeah. That's what's so tough in our world. And I really wrestle with that is, you know, you get to a place where you do have some comforts, which is nice. But... As I drink my sparkling water. No, but just the idea of comfort, you know, wanting to be able to give your kids something, but, but then also wanting them to have grit is a tough balance. Mm -hmm. Um, and I wrestle with it the most. I have one son and four girls. So kind of the opposite of where you're at. Um, and so I'm hardest on him when I start to see him be, uh, entitled. It's like, dude, you're not waiting until Christmas to get the surfboard that you need, you know, yeah. because it's like, I want to go surf with you now. I don't want to wait four months. Right. Like, I'm so, right there with you. Yeah, on so bikes and everything. It's tough. It's tough. It is so tough. Um, Okay. So one thing I do want to ask, so I don't miss it. Cause you brought up your dad, you got a good relationship with your dad. Yeah. Yeah. It's and, somebody asked me yesterday about my parents and I'm in not to cut you off or get no, no, on please. a tangent here, but it, it, I think it's where we're going. Um, like, Oh, who do you, who do you, who do you resonate or, uh, not resonate? What was the word? Who do you gravitate towards more your mom mm -hmm. or your dad? And I'm like, really both just in different ways. You know what I mean? Like my mom is like warmer. Like she will be the one to check on me if I drove back from her house an hour or whatever and want to make sure you're okay and tell you, you know, she's the one to say, I love you all the time. And mm -hmm. uh, my dad, he's like that generation where it's like, you got to squeeze and I love you out of him. Doesn't mean I don't think he doesn't love me. It's just like awkward for him. And I know mm -hmm. a lot of people, it could be a Southern uh u.s thing like we have a, a you know the redneck grittier kind of yeah, yeah. vibe if i'm gonna put a label on it <laughs> um but doesn't mean my dad doesn't like my dad would take off his shirt and then some you know yeah he, he would do anything for me and my brothers i i know it for a fact doesn't you know and that's not love giving isn't 100 percent love but it shows his character that he's there for us he 
he's just not one to say, uh, I love you or get too deep into conversation. It's like my mom, we can talk all day about things. And yeah, yeah, it's just wild how that works. Well, this leads into, you know, just in, in reading up on you, I heard you repeat a quote your dad said, and, and I could be off on this, but when you first started riding dirt bikes, he gave you his advice about the gas. What was that? Well, it was, he would bust that one out on the, if it's the one I'm thinking, um, he always just says the gas is on the right. Try to use it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when I think about, you know, this, this label of redneck grit, all right, five-year-old or whatever age you are, here's your bike. Um, and I'm not going to do a bunch of explaining. You're going to figure this out. And yeah. that's what, you know, that's what we do with our, with our kids now. Sometimes I'll spend so much time explaining versus just, all right, the gas is on the right, try to use it and then go figure it out. Like I trust that you can figure yeah. this out. Uh, I think I there's some power in that. that. I, I, same conversation I was having, actually, someone asked me um, about how I grew up riding and I'm dead serious. Like I didn't, because they were saying that they, their kid needed a coach if they were mm. going to get into it. I'm like, I never had a coach. Like my dad, I guess was my coach, but he didn't sit there really telling me what to do or giving me techniques. Like we just talked about the line <laughs> gas is on the right. It's like, don't forget. That's, that's basically where that's, that's one little line, but there's a lot of messages in that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you don't use that thing, it ain't going anywhere. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, like so I didn't grow up. I, I practiced very little. I mean, it's a different generation. Now there are kids that are growing up at training facilities. I mean, we can go off on a tangent in motocross yeah. and I actually, it's kind of weird because none of my kids are too over the top with riding. They all ride. They love it. They have, they have fun, but they don't beg me to do it. Mm-hmm. So I don't push it on them. You know, I would personally love nothing more than my kids be like, dad, where are we riding this weekend? Or, you know, I used to look in the cycle news magazine and figure out where the races were and stuff. Mm-hmm. Now kids truthfully have an easier way to figure that out with the internet. All you have to do is apply yourself. Um, I, I know for a fact, it's easy to get distracted though. And next thing you know, you're looking at Facebook marketplace and trying to buy a Corvette or something like right. that. Like there's, <laughs> distractions in my age group too but um for the most part if the kids want to do something they have all the tools at their hands and you know the cream rises to the top whatever yeah but that's Um, almost what i think is is a little crippling for our kids is we may it's too easy for them so there isn't this fight to go after what they love um all right a question i I did want to ask um is billy westbrook was on episode 192 of, of my podcast. And in that conversation, I asked him, Hey, who's a great dad you'd connect me with, um, to have on the podcast. And your name was the first name he came up with. So I'd Uh love, you know, I mean, that's such an incredible compliment to get when somebody else notices, but what do you think? Um, why do you think your name popped into his head as, as as a a great dad to connect with? Oh man. Well, first of all, that's, awesome to hear it's a compliment and billy's a great guy so i guess first thing that pops in my head is man i i'm over here smiling from ear to ear because that's yeah. that's a compliment because he's a great dad as well and good dude you know, the proof shows in the actions um i'm very good at yeah telling who's fake around me and who's real and in southern california you uncover you come across a lot of fake people yeah and billy definitely not him and Amy both, it takes a team, you know, we'll probably touch on that later. They, I think came into my life. I knew them all through the years because of dirt bikes and mini bikes a little bit. We were never really tight. 
And it wasn't until our um, friends groups kind of came together and he's a, he's a sick motorcycle rider on pit bikes and bicycle mm -hmm. rider. And his oldest son was around the same age or close to my oldest son's age and just bikes and everything kind of brought us all around each other. And then he had a couple younger ones coming up around the same time. So, you know, that energy kind of connects being in the same neighborhood or same town, I should say, um, and same sport interests. But, um, in a sense, Billy's a entrepreneur. So it, it makes me think of the word balance. Mm. He pushes hard with his job. You can tell he's dedicated to his family. Um, but he also will hop on a bike and do things himself because really that's something I don't want to forget to put, to put out there too, how important it is for us dads to focus on ourselves. Cause if we ain't happy, we ain't worth a crap. You yeah, know what I mean? For sure. And yeah, make sure your happiness comes with solid things, you know, and, and not booze or whatever the hell drags people down. Yeah. Uh, usually getting some endorphins somehow by riding or driving or exercising. Um, but yeah, that's a whole other topic. Um, Billy's just a good dude and, and it's consistent, you know, like he's a guy that I can probably hit up anytime and we can not skip a beat from the last time we talked and have a, have like a mutual respect. He, we're a lot different of people. Billy is a very, um, organized and, uh, clean cut kind of dude. And I'm a little bit squirrely more like <laughs> my whole brand is called loose program. And we always laugh at each other about it. You know what I mean? So yeah, I dig it. Um, I think it's a cool dynamic. Yeah. And I think that's important, you know, for, for opposite, not opposite, but you know, us to find common ground on things, especially in our world today. It's so many people are just getting in groups that only believe everything that we all believe the same. Um, and it's nice when you're, when you're, brought together with somebody where we connect on bikes and this, but maybe we're a little different here, but it helps us both not be living in a box. Um, so dig it, but always, you know, to have somebody say, yeah, this guy's a great dad is, is, uh, so rad. Um, you touched on this a bit, but I'm just going to bring it up and maybe get a couple more sentences out of you. Uh, but the, the question is around, you know, as a professional athlete, you know, did anything change in your lifestyle when you became a father? You talked a little bit about the dad power and now, you know, you're out competing and you have a family that's kind of looking to you, kids that are looking to you, but did anything else change in your lifestyle when you became a father? Well, you definitely learn the word sacrifice. Mm. When you go from a little backstory, I went from zero till 13, 12 and a half, 13, being a, a sing, uh, uh, only child, when I was saying a single child, <laughs> I was an only child until then. And then all of a sudden I had a brother, a sister, a couple years later, another brother, like you learn a little bit of sacrifice then in those points. Cause I helped yeah. kind of semi raise my little brothers was around my little sister. So you get a little rude awakening being an only child to that age, but then becoming a father, the the responsibilities on me. Mm -hmm. Like I could always pass off my brothers and sis sisters to my mom or stepmom or whatever and be like, all right, they're a handful right yeah. now. But when you are your own kid. And like I said, I think it's been a little more challenging for me maybe than the average person because my sport could very easily be identified as a selfish sport. You know, mm. it's I'm an individual out there. You, there's a little bit of ego and pride attached to it because mm -hmm. you know, you're, basically risking your life out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but you're getting attention and you're, you're, this is before there were likes and mentions. It's more like you actually did it for the glory. Mm-hmm. Um, and hell yeah, like the, the crowds motivated us, you know, yeah, the no money doubt. motivated you. There was a lot to it. And it's easy to get caught up in that world. I, I did fairly well at not. I'm, I'm proud to say that, but probably had my moments where I still was a little douchey. But um, ultimately, on the, on the topic you brought up, it's it's definitely the sacrifice where I say, all right, well, I got to get home at a certain time. I got to be there for the kids. And I, I, I'm proud to say in my whole career, I never made trips where I was gone. I, for more than i I'd never missed more than one weekend. Mm, like, wow. I wouldn't That's do two huge. weekends at a time. And I had chances to make grips of money, um, to go on like the crusty demons tour in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, I could have went on the nitro circus tours and all that and probably made really good money, but I wouldn't see my kids for like 30 days. Wow. And there's no way I could do that. Um, even if I had to fly back for one or two days, it was what I felt was the right thing to do. Ronnie, that's huge. That's huge. It's so rare. I mean, to, to have such a glorifying ego pride driven sport, which is killer. Like, I mean, to see the way moto has just, transform the last 25 30 years is incredible it's crazy thinking about like from the first crusty demons of dirt i mean i still have the poster from the first one and thinking about watching that you know uh jeremy mcgrath doing the knack knack or whatever all the way now to like you know freaking you can't even compete unless you're doing backflips it's gnarly um and so to hear you say in the 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 hype of a crowd just going crazy for me to be at the x games and to win gold medals to then turn down 30 days or traveling some other country because i have these little human beings that are critical to me what inside of you gave you that conviction that that mattered more I don't know. I mean, I, I feel, I'd like to say that it's just naturally deep seated in me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really have always appreciated the opportunity. I looked, I've always looked at it as being an opportunity to be mm-hmm. a dad. Um, it's, it's always made sense to me. I always growing up, I, like I said, I had my little brothers and loved being like a mentor to them. And um, so family's just always been really important to you. Yeah, totally. Um, I had a, I came up with, you know, a split family, but at the same time, my dad's side of the family was always doing get togethers. My mom's side was always doing get togethers. Um, I have a really drama, pretty relatively drama free family. Um, always spawning out to the cousins and everything, you know, a lot, not many of them are big drinkers or anything. So it's a, it's a very solid foundation Mm. for sure that it has helped. Um, yeah, I can't even say enough good things about that. I don't want to think too deep into it, but um, I, I do just want to say a, that. Oh, go ahead. As just as I had my kids, you know, it just made sense to me. And looking back, I can tell you, man, I feel like I still feel like I failed kind of like I still feel like I missed a lot of things. I mm. I went and watched my nephew's uh, baseball game the other night. And, you know, t- as we know, time just flies. It's like, wow. And when you're jet set and I'm going to contest every weekend and flying back and forth across the country and then trying to slide into my kids' little league games and be a part of it and take them riding and fit it all in. And you got at that time when my career was really hot, having two kids, I felt 
I knew that I was doing my best. I don't yeah. really kick myself in the butt that I was like, had my priorities too far out of line. Cause you know, it's kind of the sport where you just get it while you can. People ask mm. like, Oh, that's cool. You fulfilled. I'm like, dude, I never knew what was coming each year. I didn't know right. if I'd be at another X games. I, it, you know, they say tomorrow's never promised when you're doing action sports. Mm-hmm. And I never even knew where freestyle motocross was going. I just never really counted on it from year, year to year. Um, so you just yeah. get the money, make hay while the sun shines. You know what I mean? And that's a delicate you know, ba- balance right there. I know you said balance is big, but that's tough right yeah. there. I didn't folk. I didn't, I don't think I focused on balance as much back then. Mm. I'm man enough to admit that now. I, I don't think I considered a lot of these words that truth, integrity, authenticity, being grounded, being humble. Like those are all things I strive for now, but like, I don't think I thought much about it back then. I'd like to think I was a pretty good guy, but I also think I was a bit living in a selfish world of becoming this character. And, you know, it it wasn't as ego driven as I've seen it get in, as Mm. I've seen it get with people, but it was definitely there a little bit. And I don't, I don't want to say I regret it. I would, I do wish I would have been able to spend more time with my older sons coming up for sure. Yeah. And I hear that. And I think pretty much any dad at, you know, once you hit this 40 to 50 year span, like the, the ages that we're coming into, I think most dads look back and see that season is over. And most, most of us would all say, you know, whether I'm selling insurance for 40 or 50 hours a week or doing freestyle motocross every weekend, we're going to have that same, man, I wish I would have spent a bit more time with my kids, you know, but part of us as dads and men and fathers is that we in us is this provider protector, like, and you didn't know if money would be there next year. You didn't know if you'd have an injury that you couldn't compete next year. So it's like, you're trying to figure out how to make sure to provide uh, year over year. So yeah, I love that you won't use the words regret, but, but there is this, I would like to have spent more, which is what makes us intentional about this now, right? It, it makes us go, Hey, you, I see you riding with your 22 year old, spend time with him. Now, some of the past is what's igniting that fire in you to do that today. I would think. Yeah. Well, as I get older, I realize by many ways of example that tomorrow is not promised. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how gnarly the sport you you do. I mean, I've, I've used this analogy. People are like, oh, you can die in a car. I'm like, well, I have to drive my car to the freestyle jumps. So I'm <laughs> I'm basically doubling down here. You know, it's I'm not going to. Yeah, you can die. You can go out anyway. Trust me. There's a million ways to die in the West, they say. Um, but I, I've added to that. And, and that's somewhat irresponsible looking back as a father that wants to be there for his kids. Yeah. Um, it's not the, it's definitely the road less traveled for sure. Not many people make their living doing things that you can, um, are statistically probably more apt to get hurt at than not. Um, but that's what I chose. I love it. I love riding bikes. I think it was a great opportunity. I do not regret that. Um, I, I just look back and wish I could have maybe, maybe strived for balance a little better. And I always say that if I made it this far, um, I don't have any regrets because mm-hmm. I could have taken some other turns for whatever reasons and the run light could have went off. So I'm stoked. I'm here right now. Um, and all we have is now and future. So, yeah, no doubt. 
So this podcast is called Fatherhood Field Notes, and you're doing it right. You're opening up your life story, your field notes to share with us, uh, with us engaged in this conversation. But the theme or the mantra is rebel and create. And uh, for me, this could be something small like I'm rebelling against being on my cell phone uh, at dinner time so that I can create great family dinners. Or it could be I'm rebelling against, you know, what the world says a man is so I can create X, Y, or Z. So when you hear the words rebel and create, what is something that Ronnie is rebelling against so that he can create blank? I mean, I feel like it's pretty morgue for me to say society. Uh, it's more like the status quo, I would say, mm-hmm. of parenting right now, where parents are afraid to tell their kids no. Hmm. And I think that's the deepest quickest way I can get into it. I think that's a big problem we have. People are trying to be their kids' friends at young ages more, and they're too worried their kids aren't going to like them than they are to focus on what the job at hand is, and that is to raise your kids to be thriving adults. Mm. Um, Getting their way, we're just creating, we, I'm sure I have my guilty points, society is creating a bunch of entitled, comfortable kids that it does not do our society any good down the way. Yeah. So trying to stand up above that, I'm trying to not be stubborn about it, but I tell my kids, no, they don't get everything at the store. They don't get to go everywhere. Um, I have to make sacrifices because I've created this freedom in my life. It's pretty high level freedom. I'm in yeah. Florida. I'm in, um, out in the sticks. I think I've been to exposed to a lot more freedom than the average person and mm-hmm. hell no, I ain't letting it go. So I want my kids to see that, but it's earned these days. It's, it's earned. earned. It's, not, yes. it's not just automatically handed to you. Um, and you know, my, my oldest son, he's about to get married and um, wow, congratulations. Him, That's awesome. Yeah, got him an awesome girl. And I, I really feel strongly about that. And, the thought now of becoming a grandpa has been kicking in like, oh, <laughs> man, that's, that's pretty gnarly, but I like the thought of it. It's yeah. weird. I mean, yeah, selfishly, it makes me feel old, but it, ultimately it's a great responsibility because mm. that's how legacies and stuff are created. You know what I yes. mean? And I, that topic you brought up earlier about my influences and things like that, which I think about my dad, my stepdad, my parents, and, as much as I love them and I respect them, there's things I want to do differently and I want to like evolve the game. So that even happens beyond being a dad into being a grandparent, be that wise old guy. Maybe I'll have to grow a Fu Manchu or something. <laughs> well, you know what though? You know, I think we have this mentality of grandpa, um, but you know, 44 and say in the next, whatever, three to five years, you, you, you have a grandchild. I mean, the way that, the life that you've built for yourself, the way that you could show up for that kid um, in ways that maybe you feel like you could have had more time for your kids. I think that we overlook the opportunity that grandparents have, especially if you're young and healthy and like you could still go ride dirt bikes and still go have fun. You know, I plan to do this stuff at 65, 70. We're out surfing. We're out surfing a couple years ago and there's this dude out there crushing the waves, right? It's maybe like four to five foot. He was 84 years old. Yeah. And I'm like, what a badass. That's what's up. That's where I want to be is like, take care of yourself enough. I mean, at that level, shoot, you could be with a great grandkid, depending on how old your kids are. Um, 
but yeah, I, we all I, need some inspiration man yeah and that right there inspired you i bet oh dude yes for sure for sure so you know leaning into that about the you know you kind of brought up at the very beginning the big d word divorce and and the, you know uh, but you also talked about your own family and how there was separation, but it was still, it was still good, right? Your family still brought you up well. When yeah, you bring up, have... go, oh, ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, man. So my question was going to be around this, like what you're rebelling against the status quo and saying no. So now you say you're in this three and a half year divorce. Now, how do you show up for your kids? And, and yeah, how do you show up for them? in the midst of that and still bring that level of, I'm going to say no to you about stuff. You know what I mean? It's hard. It's one of, one of the harder things in my life right now, mm. you know, is finding that balance of not being the Disneyland dad, mm-hmm. but also wanting, wanting my kids to come over here. Cause I do believe in being strict. You know what I mean? I don't, yeah. I don't take pride in being mean or anything like that, but come over to, my place and I'm strict. Yeah. There's a chance they might not want to come over here because it's not, they don't get their way with everything. Um, so I don't know. I, I'll, I'll take the personal side out of it and give you how I look at it as a whole and talk about why I am so bummed about divorce being such a norm these days. Mm. Um, and how important it is for people maybe that don't have kids to really think about that before they have kids. You know, mm-hmm. obviously I, I jumped right in on it and, had some kids before marriage and, you know, I'm not really a religious person, but I, I think the Bible and things like that have some great messages in there. And it makes sense more to me as I get older, why you Mm -hmm. might want to wait till you're married for some things, because it it gets complicated, man. If you're, if you're not, if you don't have the right partner and you can't communicate and you're, you know, if it doesn't matter if both parents don't have a mutual respect, it's never going to work and it's not a great example to the kids. So you can use the phrase it's what's done is done and you got them and you're going like, and if it's where I end up, you just make the most of with what you got. Um, You try to be very methodical with how you apply your time. Sometimes you got to bite your tongue. Sometimes you got to, you got to, I got to, I got to like know when to hold them, know when to fold them. Yeah. Um, Sometimes you just find yourself backed into a corner where there's nothing you can really do. And it's, and it's a shame, which makes me, and it's made me try to fight for not letting the marriage die off. And we don't have to go down that topic. It's, it's, it's a bum deal that it just didn't seem to reciprocate or whatever. Um, but here we are. And I just try, you know, I'm always trying to make a positive or a negative into a positive. Like yeah. it's all you really can do. You, you know, I used to have a saying back when I was trying to um, basically get custody of my son's 10 years ago, and it was a pretty ugly mess. I just used whatever pain I have to make me stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used that with my job. And I remember being down on the line at X Games. And, you know, I was I was fighting for my relationship with my boys at that time. There was a pretty mm. situation happening where my kids would barely talk to me and stuff. I mean, it's pretty heavy. Yeah, it's heavy. Um, and I remember being down on the line for the in the step up competition, which was what I did most of my good results at, where you jump over the bar like high mm-hmm. jump. And it was at world record heights. And I knew my kids were probably watching online. And I was like, 
I had an opportunity when that was over to maybe talk to the camera and be like, Hey, I'm fighting for you. And I said it, I don't know if ESPN really had it on there. I don't know if I ever mm. it or not, but I was like, I ended up winning the thing and I dug deep and it was in my mind straight up. Like I'm fighting to show my kids here. Wow. And I got on the mic and I was like, guys, just like I'm fighting for you. You thanks for keeping me strong. I don't remember exactly. I was all fired up on adrenaline. I was all hopped up, but, um, yeah, man. Powerful dude. Thanks for your, uh, almost choked me up there. I got past it. You got past, (laughs) uh, yeah, but thank you for your your to share that, you know, because I think so much of the time us men, we feel alone in our struggle and we just kind of look out at people and we're like, man, they've got it all figured out. He's just won gold medal at X Games, right? But the reality is, is we're all living life and life is messy. Um, and we all, if we really, really want, you know, this legacy of family and fatherhood, we have to fight for it in every moment. And I love that that was the thing that empowered you and strengthened you to, to do your best. Cause it wasn't just for you anymore. It was for more than that. Um, Ned, obviously I think you're wrong. You haven't seen my Instagram. It's perfect. Life is perfect. <laughs> yeah. <man>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is no true. smooth sailing, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. I mean, obviously I'm going to put all great stuff on Instagram, but I think we miss that. We miss that. Hey, Dude, thank you for sharing the vulnerableness because I need to hear that. I need to know that every moment's worth fighting for. Even if like I'm in a big fight with my wife right now or we went to bed upset with each other last night, you know, so yeah, last night went to bed a little frustrated at each other, but on my Instagram is me and my son surfing yesterday afternoon. So it's like, yeah. damn, Hawaii surfing, that's great. <laughs> and yeah, that's true, but also I'm a normal dude that is has relationships and can be selfish and so there's it's messy it's messy we're at a weird time and space with with all that and public access to us and facebook and all that i'm i'm really not the the biggest fan i mean yeah it's catch 22 or whatever but it's or double-edged sword whatever you want to call it there's some cool things to keep in touch with people but i feel so much better when i'm not getting caught up in everybody else's social media Mm -hmm. stuff and you know comparison is the thief of joy is what they say which is one of the truer statements yes but i gotta be i mean i'm also grateful for social media and it's kept my career kind of floating along and kept the following going it's like uncharted territory so i can't dog on it too bad and yeah nobody wants to see the negatives i mean hell even my own friends you know i've i'm not trying to make a pity party but i've had a couple relationships go awry. I'm sure I'm an accomplice to that. So um, you have friends and everything that probably get tired about hearing it. Hmm. Like, so you don't want to sit there and be a broken record with people. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, you do find yourself in places where you don't have people to talk to about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know, I guess the best way I've dealt with it is just turn it into making my work better whatever whatever energy you can do there and stay away from drugs stay away from the booze and things that don't do you any favors you know i'm not trying to paint a picture that i've that i I rarely have a drink or things like that um i'm saying i'm not trying to paint a picture that i don't drink i do rarely have a drink but definitely no issues with it or something that it hampers my my life you know what i mean yeah like dude yeah i'm in a place basically yeah. Just try not to be a hypocrite here. No, 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 no. 
So before we move on, I just want to ask, is there one or two tips that you would give a dad who is maybe in the middle of a separation and how he can show up well for his kids? Yeah. I mean, try not to expose your kids um, to the negatives. You get put in positions that are very hard and every situation is different. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's really, really hard. I'm, I'm an outspoken person, you know, and, been in this dynamic sport. So it goes without saying it's hard for me to bite my tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, you obviously, you can't use your kids as your best friends though, to, to talk about mm, or that's try good. to feel sorry for you or this or that. Um, so ultimately you just got to turn that into being a good example to them and um, show them that the real, just that's what I aim for. I try to be as real as I can and show my kids by example that if I'm real with people and, you know, sometimes you might have to speak up to somebody, you might have to whatever, but I'm not over the top. I'm not over dramatic. I'm not that guy that my kids are shaking their head like, Oh, dad's at it again. I've seen it all. You know, this might go back to your first question. I use pages out of everybody's playbooks. If I see something working for people, yes. Um, I try to be like, yeah, I don't want to be that guy. You know what I mean? Like, you know, got to stay in your lane for the most part. And just remember anything you say, anything you do with your kids, um, they're, they're watching and they're learning. So in, in, in the same kind of uh, vein about showing up for your kids, you know, you share, you know, X number of years ago, your kids, you know, your older two weren't talking to you too much to now you and your 22 year old, they're like super tight, solid friends what are one or two things that you feel like kind of changed that and, and built that relationship over the past, you know, 10 to 12 years? I just simply think being real with my kid, you know, it, like, let's say when he was 15 or 16, he, there's things I had to probably, I probably should have maybe at times been a little exposed him a little less to, and not talked about. Um, but at the same time, I can say I've always been very real with him. Yeah. Um, tried to be in moderation back then, but it, it, at times it was so heavy. It was almost impossible for him to not be exposed to what was going on, but he's always seen that I've been consistent. Mm. And I, I know for a fact that he's learned what the real world's all about, all about. So he appreciates and understands me more and more as time passes that, Hey man, life ain't easy. You know, as, one of my favorite people in existence is Jordan Peterson and the message he puts yeah. out, and, you know, there's a lot of suffering in life. You know, I haven't grasped onto the whole life is suffering concept. Um, I just feel like it's a little doomy and gloomy to look at it that way. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's wrong. I haven't dissected it all the way, but like there are, there's a lot of suffering, you know, and that comes down to balance like yin yang. There's positives to go with the negatives, you know, try to make the positives high, like try to put it on a scale. Like, I don't think if you have super high positives, that doesn't mean the negatives need to be down here. Mm. You know, if you're, if your positives are super jacked up and high, try to make your negatives at the top of the negative scale. And I think that's very possible. You got problems. If it's such a contrast, man, w- w- something you said is uh, that I really loved. And I think dads need to hear is be consistent. But then after that, you kind of made this, this comment, you know, you're real with your kid and that over time, your son kind of got to see 
who you are. And I think as fathers, if we allow our kids to know us and see us, especially as you have a boy, right? You have a boy who's getting older and, and probably daughters too. But if you're real open and honest and you allow them to see you as a human being, they start to have a deeper connection to you because they see you as a person and not just like a perfect dad right. or perfect mom. Um, so I would love to create that with my own kids where they see me to the extent that I can allow them to uh, my struggles of life. Um, well, you got to remember too, we live in a, a world and I'm not, I'm not calling my oldest son selfish. I'm not calling my middle son selfish. We live in a world where generally kids are growing up a little more entitled, a little more selfish vibe. And, you know, in those developmental years, I think it's just natural that you're a little more self-centered. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I talk about my, my oldest son seeing by example, or me being real with him, he also needed to be real. Not only am I raising we'll take it back five years, you know, when you know, he was 17 or yeah, when I kind of wrecked, when we moved back to Florida and stuff like that um, from California, I also had a four-year-old and uh, yeah, eight-year-old, whatever my kids were at that time. I'm not going to sit here and try to do math right now. I'm a dirt bike rider, but <laughs> you know what I mean? I had little ones that needed my attention and, and, and they're right. even more clutch developmental years. So I couldn't be fully focused on him. And then you have the elephant in the room. I'm trying to keep myself happy. You're going through a divorce, right? You know, career changes. Like I have always been able to keep myself kind of happy by being active. Mm-hmm. So I needed to be out there shredding. If you, if you want to say like that, it don't matter. I'm mountain biking, ribbon razors, riding dirt bikes, all these things I've been into. I'm a big fan of living life. Um, so I'm trying to balance all of that out. And I think the older my oldest son gets, he realizes, yeah, man, you got to do what you got to do to stay, stay happy too, or you ain't no use to anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you talk about that a lot. Just get outside, you know, get outside. Yeah. And I think that's so important for dads to hear, get your kids outside, go play in the dirt. Like I love seeing the videos of you and your kids just playing in the dirt. You know, like one of my favorite things growing up was just, we had BMX track in our front yard. We just building jumps, digging in the dirt. You know, there's something about that. And I think if dads can just, whatever it is you want to do outside, get outside, play in the dirt with your kids, get dirty, lose track of time, right? To go outside and lose track of time. Man, it's incredible. Um, Ronnie, man, we could talk forever about fatherhood. <laughs> any, any, uh, any other topics that, that we don't want to miss? I know you had a list of words next to you and I want to make sure you hit all those. And, uh, if there's any other stories or anything we want to jump into before I ask you my last question. Oh man, it is such a great opportunity to do this. You know, I didn't really even think that deep into it. And it's like, wow, you can really make a difference here by, speaking up about these things and mm-hmm. it's needed, man. So I really appreciate you. I'm going to give you some props here in this little time to discuss. It, it's like not enough people are out there advocating for how important it is to be a great, you know, we'll say father, but parent in general, you know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. I guess I will say, and this kind of goes into the divorce topic and all that, how important it is for the communication with both parents. Um, it doesn't matter if you're divorcing or you're not. I'm going to use the word empathy. Mm. Um, 
something a lot of people are lacking that kind of ties into the selfish and narcissistic world that's around us. There is a serious lack of empathy going on and myself, I can throw that word out there, but I also have to practice what I preach and, and practice empathy as well. And, you know, which is the ability to try to put yourself in someone else's shoes in a nutshell. Um, if people can't understand or try to understand what's going on in that other person's shoes, man, communication's never going to happen. Mm. Um, so hopefully, hopefully this makes a difference with some people listening to think, oh man, am I being empathetic to that other person or even my kids? So how um, do you be empathetic if you feel like the other person doesn't deserve it? That's maybe the million dollar question, right? Um, I mean, isn't that, that, I guess that's kind of what empathy is, right? It's like moving past your own bias and, and choosing to see the other person's Well, you got to dice You got to go deep. You got to go deep down the rabbit hole and say, all right, well, this is probably what makes that person like that. And this is probably mm. how they look at it. And I'm going to be real. Like, a lot of times I do it. I, I don't approve. I don't, I don't agree. Mm-hmm, and it makes mm-hmm. it very hard. You, that's where you kind of hit dead ends. Um, it comes then that you kind of circle back to conversation, right? That's where you need to sit down and say, Hey, I'm trying to be empathetic with you. And this could be a conversation. It doesn't matter if it's a spouse an ex. Yeah. Anybody it could be even with the kids like, Hey, can you imagine what this looks like being in my shoes? It's harder to do with the kid. You don't really want to put that burden on the kids, depending on how old they, I think as they get older, you should, um, because there's a lot of disrespect going to elders and things like that, that I've noticed too, that's more of a neg- it's total negative to society. Um, but yeah, it comes down to communication too. Yeah. Working on that empathy and being open to communication, critical. Man, Ronnie, thank you. Thank you for for your time. I'm going to ask you my last question here. Imagine it's a legacy question. So, you know, imagine 20 years from now, 20 years from now, you are peering into the homes of each of your four kids. What is it that you see the way that they're living out their life? And you know that your day in, day out actions of consistency and growth uh, you're seeing this played out in their homes. What do you see inside their homes? Well, hopefully I see balance, um, them living life to the fullest. I mean, just that setting that foundation alone is probably what I aim for. Mm-hmm. And I, I've, I've always used, well, not always, but lately I should say, I've been thinking about this somewhat of this topic that obviously I'm raising my kids to, be thriving adults, right? Mm-hmm. Um, authentic, grounded individuals. Um, extraordinary even, you know what I mean? That doesn't mean like I want them to thrive and, and exceed anything I ever did. That doesn't mean I need my son to win 11 X games, gold medals. That means I want them to see more of the world. I want them to grow from what I've done. I want mm-hmm. them to live in a higher state of consciousness, even mm-hmm. um, pretty big asks. I know but in the same breath, also try to live a humble life and not get caught up with drama and time sucks that make your experience even less. So hopefully <laughs> um, that's where they end up one day if I'm, you know, sky high and looking down or however it all works. 
Dude, beautiful. I love the, the balance, the balance of those two words, right? You said balance and then you use two words, extraordinary, extraordinary yeah. and humility. Um, and that it wasn't defined by a trophy. It was defined by kind of a view, a worldview of life. And I think that's really what you're giving your kids is a, is an opportunity to see how you've continued to shape your worldview, right? You said, I've always said, well, actually lately I've said, which means that you're on this growth of what does it mean to live a extraordinary life with humility. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the, the more you do that every day, that that is what you will see in your own kids, which that is our legacy, right? Our legacy is taking the growth that you and I chose to pursue in our life and putting that same mindset into our kids. And I can see that you're doing that. True that, man. Thanks. So. I'm trying and trying. It's that's the key word like, though, right? <laughs> trying. Like what else yeah. can I do but show up every day and try? That's right. I mean, hurdles get thrown in our way all the time, dude. Mm-hmm. It's uh it, the the world's a slippery slope. It's it's teetering. And not to get we won't get political and all that stuff, but you know, you have to be what is what's the Denzel Washington thing? If if you if you don't watch, you're uninformed, and if you watch, you're misinformed. Mm. Like <laughs> there's, so there's a lot going on That's out there so that you true. need to be in tune with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're not just living in our own little freaking bubble here. Like we're trying to connect with the rest of the world too. Because in all of my talks, I I consider travel and new experiences. You know, like let's get into some into the wild movie quotes here. Like the core of man's soul is new experiences. Yeah. Like that's stuff that if you're not, if you don't have an understanding of how the world works or you're naive to it, you're going to have a hard time having new experiences and thriving. So, so I think you make a key, I think you make a really key point right here is, is to be informed is really to go have experiences in the world. Because if you're not, that goes back to your word on comfort. If I just live every day at home, watching the same shows, doing the same sports thing year after year after year, and I'm not getting out experiencing someone else's culture, experiencing somebody else's day in the life of their shoes, then really I am uninformed or uninformed. Don't live the same year for 75 years and yeah, try to call it a yeah. life, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Some people live the same year, what? Yeah. 75 times where you could live 75 years actually doing different things. So you're doing that with your kids, for your kids, with yourself. And and dude, I love the way you're inspiring the world. I love the way you're continuing to pursue life. Um, I thank you for the, the father you are, the friend you are, and the way that you show up for the world. And I just encourage you and thank you that I know you'll be doing the same thing. Uh, if we were to talk 10 years from now, you'll still be pursuing that same extraordinary life with humility. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate that. Love it, Ronnie. Thank you so much, bro. Until next time. Appreciate the opportunity. Thanks. See you. Wow, what another incredible conversation. I so enjoyed talking fatherhood with Ronnie. I really valued the story of him at the X Games and the fight he was in to connect with his kiddos and show them how much they matter to him. My friends, fatherhood is an adventure. Our world is in desperate need for dads to know who they are and embrace their role. If you believe this to be true, head over to adventureoffatherhood.com right now. It'll take you to the Kickstarter to pre-order the most amazing children's book of a father and son connecting through adventures on a motorcycle and sidecar. This would be an incredible gift for a dad with little kids or as a gift to a new dad to invite him into his role. 
The Kickstarter is running from May 22nd to Father's Day 2022. Thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebellion Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in the craft of fatherhood. I look forward to hanging out with you next time.